everybody, St. Paul here, and welcome to episode 47 of Music on the Run. This is a great one. You don't want to miss this. Band members from Holland Oats, Porter Carroll, and Brian Dunn. That's next on Music on the Run. Ow! Before we get started here, do me a favor. Wherever you got this podcast, make sure you subscribe, give us a rating, and if you have time and like what you're hearing make sure you write a review. It really helps us get the word out so we can have a lot more people coming to the party. Hey everybody, I'm St. Paul Peterson. Prince gave me that nickname, and I've been lucky enough to tour with people like the Steve Miller Band, Kenny Loggins, Peter Frampton, Donny Osmond, to name a few. And when I'm not playing music, I love to run. And this is a podcast about how we stay healthy on the road, physically, mentally, and with our families. Welcome to Music on the Run. everybody, St. Paul Peterson here. Welcome to episode 47. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, we're so lucky we got another in-person interview today, courtesy of the St. Paul Hotel. Thank you, Leslie. Appreciate that. One sad note I want to share with you real quick. Today was kind of a tough day for me. I had to purge about 35 running shirts. Today, they all had to go out. It was time to bring in the new Actually, no, I had no more space left in the drawer. So they gone, and it was tough. And I hope you feel for me. I know you guys feel for me. Anyway, moving on. Part of the gratitude segment that we've been doing, I want to shout out to uh, some of our patrons. And if you don't know what a patron is, they are the people who are financially supporting us and putting some skin into the game. And I want to recognize them because we cannot do this podcast without your help. Where can you go check this out? Go to patreon.com forward slash music on the run podcast. And you can do three different levels on there. But we, we'd love to have you come along for the ride. It helps us put this on. And uh, it's a lot of fun. We, we have some goodies for you there as well. Um, I want to shout out to one of my running brothers, Troy Ameris. Thank you so much. And Jesse Fernandez, man, thank you for uh, for sticking with us for so long. We're coming up on year two now, which is unbelievable. Time is flying here. All right, let's get to the interview. My guests today are in town doing a show tomorrow night. Uh, they're dear friends of mine, and they happen to play with Rock and Roll Hall of Famers and number one selling duo of all time, Daryl Hall and John Oates. These two knuckleheads have... Uh, incredible careers, playing with Atlantic Star, Average White Band, Sting, Shania Twain, to name a few. Please welcome singer-percussionist Porter Carroll and drummer Brian Dunn. Fellas, <laughs> thank you so much for coming, man. I appreciate you guys coming on the show and making this all happen. It's, it's got to be strange to be on the road in this uh, topsy-turvy world of ours. Mm-hmm. How is that? How, it's really I mean, great to be back out, but yeah, it's. I bet. So, what is it? Is how different is it touring? I guess I'll ask you first. What's it like touring in 2021? How different is it? Um, I was just telling a friend of mine that I'm glad I watched the NBA because they did the whole last year in the bubble. Yeah, 
right? Right. Yeah, and so yeah. I was hearing stories of who who did well, who didn't do well, da, da da da. So it really kind of brought the antennas up for me. And what I realized we had we were doing here, part formal and part informally, was to create a moving bubble. Hmm. How could you do that? I mean, the NBA had they were in one place, right? Whereas how could we duplicate that but move from city to city? And Hall and Oates really did a great job. I think they've done a great job at really kind of putting in protocols that we all we all follow, uh, that we knew day one. Mm-hmm. And then as we got going, it sort of to it sort of we sort of modified it, and solidified the way we conduct ourselves. And so it's been all right for us. And we kind of kind of hang out with each other anyway. Right. So we're able to we've been able to just sort of create this our own little moving bubble. And without repeating myself, so it's it's odd. Yeah. But it's been okay. I mean, knock on wood, we've been all right, you know? So what, what exactly is different about it? There's no, is there an after show hang or anything like that? Is Daryl and, uh, and John, are they doing meet and greets or? No, no. not that I know of. No. Yeah, and we, no. we don't leave the backstage area. No. So if you know somebody in the city you're at, you can kind of sort of meet them from afar and say, hey, what's up? That's, That's about it. You yeah. know what, though? That's it. You have to do what you yeah. got to do, right? Do it, yeah. You because know. otherwise, you're going to be sitting where we sat for 18 months. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Which was... And, we, and we've heard horror stories already about a few of the big-name shows. I won't name them. But that they've... That, that they've that shut down. Shut down as a result of somebody in the organization coming up positive. And, you know, you don't want to be that person. Yeah, uh, so it just, that's underlying yeah, that's for all of us, right? Like, I want to be that guy. <laughs> yeah, very quickly, like standing online, right? When we we get we get tested before every show. You do? Before oh yeah, every show. Every city we go to, we walk off the bus. We don't even get ten feet right to a test. Right. To a no test. way. And yeah. you're waiting. But you know what? I mean, it, it, for a multi-million dollar machine that is rolling on. It's brilliant, and it, and, it, and that's part of the gig now. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. Right. And, and we do, what, two questionnaires? We yeah. do one every day. Okay. We do another one when we get to the venue, venue, and then we do a, a, a test. And it's a 15 to 20-minute wait for your test results. So you're, it's like being in school when you, you know, did I study for this test? You know, oh. you're waiting to see if you passed or not. I don't, everybody tries to play everybody's it Everybody's confident. Like, of course I'm going to be negative. Course, but inside, everybody's like, thinking like, oh, oh my God. Oh, no. Please don't let it be me. God. You know? Yeah. Because yeah. we heard about some shows that had like thirty and 40,000, you know, expected patrons. Oh, yeah. Shut down. Because somebody came up positive. And you don't want to be that person for obvious reasons. Well, people are pulling out. I mean, we have our state fair going on at the time of this taping, and there are bands that are pulling out. They're saying, uh, as part of their rider now, they're going, people have to be vaccinated. They have to show proof of vaccination, or they have to show 72 hours of being uh, negative or something like Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Is that happening with you guys, or is that not happening with you guys? I don't know. I don't think they have a vaccination thing. Not yet. Uh, but I think in certain cities, it's becoming... I know, like, in New York at this point already, if you want to go to, like, the little club I play in when I'm home, yeah. you can't walk in there without proof of vaccination. I was there seeing uh, Love Rocks, and I had to show my proof of vaccination. You did, at yeah. the Beacon. And, yeah, I was at the Beacon, and it was weird to be next to somebody, you know, at a concert. <laughs> it was just, like, felt odd. Are we allowed to have fun? Or then everybody finally got used to it, but it was... Super early on when the masks were coming mm-hmm. off and all that. And he was, I wasn't planning on talking about that for 10 minutes, for <laughs> God's sake. 
No. <laughs> hey, yeah. so we've known each other for, I can't even remember how long. Well, really? I've known you, well, well Pesco first, introduced us. Yeah, right? Paul, when I... But anyway, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad we had a chance to finally uh, get together. Some want to share a little bit of history because I got a new record coming out in February. And, Man, you got um, a new record coming out every week. It's insane. <laughs> let's, let's just talk and about Wait until we start talking about the drums. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got problems with that too. Yeah, I can't oh, wait Oh, we you're going to give the big reveal here today. Oh, you got problems, right? Oh, I you got want, problems I want to talk you. about stuff. I got problems with you. Well, we'll talk about that mm-hmm. for sure. But And Brian and I talked about it too. I remember playing you. I think the last time you were here, I might have played you. Oh, yeah. Was it Mini Forget Me Not? Or, or it was something. And then, I don't remember what it was, but I ended up sending, I think it was you, mm-hmm. the song I cut that was, was Daryl's called Philly Forget Me Not. And I covered it called Mini, Mini Forget Me Not. And I put all the Minneapolis stuff on there. Yeah, right, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. And uh, I just wanted permission. And you sent it over to management. Yeah, yeah. And three days later, I got a call from management. And, and I, you know, two months later, I was in the studio producing wow. Daryl. Wow. Thank you. I never got a chance to oh, thank wow. you for that. It was a nice wild ride. Really? So we had a ball. We had an absolute ball. Great. And it just Great. makes me feel tighter with, with the whole crew and the band and everybody like that because I got to interact with a lot of guys trading files. And it was it was a really fun time. So, Yeah, man. That, that way it was great what you did. It was like, ooh, man. Jeez, and they put a little funk on it, you yeah, know, of course. Yeah. They put a little Philly on it, and I had to put a little funk on yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of funk, now, I have not gotten you Uh-oh. on a Funk Friday mm. yet. Mm. There's still going to be hope. At some point, I need to get you on something. But you've been on Funk Friday, like, I don't know, half a dozen times? God. Yeah, four times. Four times? Four times. Man, thank you for that. that thank you. so much. And... Speaking of my record, you're on my record. Oh, yes. You are on my record. And that's me, um, Eric Gales, um, Ricky P., and I think, who else? Oh, and it might be Lenny Castro mm-hmm. playing on that. So yeah. that, it's that unbelievable. Crazy. You know? <laughs> yeah, and it turned out great. I can't wait for you guys to hear wow, this record. Man. But, it, you know, we've, we've been hanging out a little bit uh, on and off for, for years. So we, what I want to do is I want to, Take it back just a little bit, and, and Porter, I'm going to address with you first. Tell me about Greenberg. Greenberg is a Berg. Greenberg, New York. Yeah, I want to hear about Greenberg. You're still there, right? Yeah, I still live on the street that I I, I grew up on, and I live in the house I grew up in. Wow, that's what really? we have in common. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I want to hear about that city, man, and what that that, that city. It's okay. You ever heard of White Plains, New York? Yes, of course. I did a record there. Really? Wait, am I not? No, am and I, I can't remember the name of somebody just asked me that the other day. It was with Carl Sturkin and Evan Rogers. Oh, man. Jeez. You know those guys. Yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That yeah. was my 1991 oh, big rock anthem hit. Yeah, man. Yeah, those are my boys, man. <laughs> Love those guys. Yeah. They, um, they work out of Bronxville. 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 Okay. So I took the trains, a, train about, to White Plains, maybe. Yeah, and then, yeah it's like five minutes, 10 minutes from Got it. away from each other. But I, I come from this little place. It's, well, I, if you know White Plains, that's sort of like the she-she foo-foo place. Okay. And Greenberg is the other place. The other okay. side of the track. It's like, it's like <laughs> White Plains would be San Francisco. Yeah. Greenberg would be Oakland. Got it. Okay. That's, Got it. that's, that's what it is, right? And um, 
I went to this really progress. They had this pro- very progressive school there that they they shipped not shipped, but they brought in white children <laughs> into black neighborhoods to go to high school. Go to really? school from no from here. Really? Yeah, because we had space, not because of anything special, because we had space. No, you know it was cheaper to 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 lease buses huh. than it was to build buildings. I suppose. So they said, okay, the white children from Hartsdale, New York, which okay. is right next door to Scarsdale, New York. So if you know anything about Scarsdale, that's like Beverly Hills. You know, it's all, it's very close proximity, you know, in, in, in New York. Everything is very, very close, you know. So anyway, this place in Greenberg, I go to this, this school, Woodlands High School, and I meet, you know, all of these friends that eventually, long story short, became Atlantic Star. I asked all these people, you want to do this? You want to do this? You want to do this one? And they all said yes. And after six or seven years of knocking on doors, we got ourselves to Hollywood and got in front of Herb Alpert and got a five-year exclusive in 18 months. Did you really? Yeah. So the, the original name of the band is New, new, band, new band. N-E-W-B-A-N. Right. Because we didn't want to grow old. Ah. That was the whole thing. So you 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 changed the name, we added had the to. Atlantic to, to kind of tip your hat to the East Coast. To the East Coast. Yeah, and Star was, you know, the highest thing you could see. For like 10 to... years. What's right? that? Atlantic Star was hot for 10 years. Yeah, we yeah, had a nice run. run. I, I had to do something, you know. Um, Brian always credits me for that. It was a real, it was a Herculean effort, right? Yeah, that was good. Thanks, man. Yeah, <laughs> no, really. I mean, he said, man, what, what you guys did moving a whole operation 3,000 miles away to go get it. Right. Was was a big deal. When you were teenagers. When teenagers, yeah. You were teenagers. Well, yeah. I was I wow. I just turned twenty two. Oh and, wow. but the youngest was eighteen. And you're playing drums in I the I was band. playing drums and singing. You know. That's why I have a problem with you. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Okay, let's just come up with a problem. What's the problem? <laughs> because it's too damn good at the drums. Yeah. <laughs> How do you do that? You you shared that record, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, it's like, wait a minute. You play bass like with, with everybody under the sun. Play guitar with everybody under the sun, you know, Frampton or whatever. Sing. Piano like crazy. Sing yeah, like a playing bird. Playing guitar. And then say, oh, but the drums, that's the clincher. <laughs> drums? What are you talking about, man? And we got two drummers here. Yeah. I grew up playing the drums, man, and then I put it away for a really long time. Oh, and I just that went, makes it worse. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, let me see. I'll that just makes put me it away. feel worse. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm like, here struggling, you know, and then the sing and play and all that. Oh, no, no. I got See, problems. there we go. There's a problem. Dude, that is so no, cool. We're Coming like from this. you guys. No, oh, we're like, man. We're like this, man. It's like, yeah. wow. Uh, I don't know. What, did you ever sleep? My wife asked me the same question. She's like, what? The, do you ever stop? It's more what it's at. You know, no is the answer to that one. And you're okay. And then you run? You're a runner? I Yeah. That's one of my running partners right there. Well, well, the reason he can do what he does, probably. Oh, oh, so you do you drink coffee? Oh man, do I ever! Oh, Excellent. God, I love oh, okay. coffee. All right. I drink like <laughs> eighty-five pots a day. Five, really? You want to know? <laughs> oh man, you drink Coca-Cola too? Uh, what? Pepsi? Or Coca- no, 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 no. no, no oh, all right, right. you're a health guy. Yeah, right. No, we don't health want guy. that. We just. Uh, Are you a vegan too? No, okay. no. You you eat hamburgers? <laughs> yeah, I eat, I eat the meat, man. Okay, eat the meat. Okay, I'm just checking. I'm just checking. Who's I'm interviewing who here? What's going on? I've been taking the show's being taken over. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> but thank you guys. I yeah, appreciate man. that. No, man, it's, it's, big it's, fans. It's fun. I, Huge you know, fans. And you're like one of the original funksters, man. That's It's fun to uh, to research yeah. your mm-hmm. career and just listen to all that stuff. And 
to hear you sing, man. And we'll talk a little bit more about what you're doing now. Um, but what an incredible voice you have, too. Unreal, man. I guess the check cleared. Check cleared. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, your turn. Your turn. I like talking about Port. <laughs> yeah, he likes to bait me after talking. You grew up in a musical family. Yeah. Uh, Who uh, played? My uh, two brothers. Seven kids. You're the youngest, I'm aren't the youngest you? Of seven. I'm the youngest. Yeah. Seven of seven? Yeah. Yeah. Holy. Yeah. How many years between you and your older? Uh, fifteen. Okay, so trying to think. I think that's about the same with me and my sister Linda. Yeah. But we won't say how old she is. She <laughs> would kill me. Kill you. <laughs> she would kill me. Yeah. By the way, I'm the youngest too. Are you the youngest too? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> of how many? That's what they say. That's what they say happens to the youngest. That they they, they get everything. Oh yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, at SBA in one of the top art schools. I sat down with one of my family members who was applying, and they said, "Oh yeah, usually it's the youngest ones that become the artists." No kidding. Yeah, yeah. Some statistics that they put together. Huh. Yeah. So anyway, and here we all sit. Yeah, here we go. So your brothers are musicians, huh? Yeah. Drummers as well, or not actively playing anymore, but yeah, both ultimately wound up being drummers. But when they were young, my brother John played guitar. Oh, cool. And my brother Kevin played drums. And then eventually John became a drummer too. So sitting around your household, you, you've got a musical family. Are you playing together and listening to what's being played in your house at this uh, point? Everything? Every, yeah, really everything. Like my earliest, uh, the earliest stuff is like when my brothers were teenagers, Bad Company. That was, that was, oh, that was a huge one. That's a good um, one. And, and then that turned into... Stevie Wonder and Earth, Wind, and Fire. My sisters were Earth, Wind, and Fire fans. Oh, yeah. And uh, that's the end for me. Yeah. <laughs> Earth, Wind, and Fire. But um, <laughs> yeah, I just did a Funk Friday. I know. <laughs> paying all my yes. to those guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Man, it's yeah. ridiculous. But oh. I just followed my brother. My, my brother Kevin would, would, whatever he would get into, he would be really, he'd really get into it. And, yeah. And whatever that was, I would just follow suit. So when he discovered who Steve Gadd was, he went out and buy, bought every record that he that that guy Steve Gadd played on. So yeah. then we were introduced to Chicory or Al Jarreau or so, and I just followed him, you know, around. He led the way, and you were the little brother, and I you followed there, him, and you did everything he did. Yeah, yeah. He brought home Shaka Khan live at the Savoy. <sighs> he he listened to it. He, he was like, "Here you go." <laughs> oh man! I go down to the basement. I would just drop the needle and and play. Go to work. Yeah. Not fair. Did he let you? Was it his kit or your kit? Uh, they were the family kit. It was his kit. And but I could everybody could play it. Yeah, he was he was cool about that. He didn't don't don't no don't don't touch no, my cat. Never. It don't wasn't like Step Brothers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I don't. Think that would have been funny. I yeah. don't think it's fair. Both of you again. Yeah, Why? I have problems with both of you now. Yeah. You come from musical families. Don't you? What about music, your parents? Music appreciators. Okay. My family for sure, but nobody actually played. What's playing around your house when you're growing up? Ellington. The nah. classics. Nah. Okay. My father was, you know, my father used to go Same to Same with me, by the yeah, way. That's well, what I was with. Yeah, you know, but again, he was appreciated. He, he could sing. I found out my mother, she was a great hummer. She would never sing. Oh, is that but right? She, I said, wait a minute. I probably got it from my mother because she would just hum in, a, in perfect pitch the whole bit. So, and then she told me, she said, uh, she couldn't believe it that I was going in front of all of these people, you know, playing. When yeah. She came to come, come to some shows. So you could actually get too nervous to come to shows. 
And then she said, you know, because when she was a little girl, everybody found out that she could sing, and she went in front of the church and fainted. No. Stage fright. Really? Right. So she couldn't believe that her son found a way to do this. Though. And she got nervous yeah. for you? For, yeah, because you never go to shows. <laughs> it's like Vinnie Testaverde's father couldn't go to football games because no kidding. of his heart problems, right? But, I mean, my, my mother wasn't that, ex- that extreme. But again, I come from a music appreciation family. Right. As opposed to you guys had actual, you know, players. I didn't have a choice. I don't know about you what it was yeah. like for you, but I, I felt like... Doesn't every kid do this? Yeah, yeah. No. I, I didn't. I never so thought natural. of it. Yeah, yeah, it was just there. There was band rehearsals constantly. Right. People pulling M, uh, um, <laughs> B3s down my basement stairs. Yes. 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 It was normal. Yeah. My dad used to sell B3s. So Whoa. we had them in the garage. <laughs> Whoa. Literally. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Dad was a great B3 player, a piano player, a wow. ranger. Mom was an. I think I played you guys my mom's stuff. But she yeah. was. She sounded yeah, like Art Tatum and. Oscar and all those guys, man, she was something else. Oh, man. Thousands of gigs with that lady. I want to bring it back over to you because uh, you played, you you went to McKell's and got (laughs) blown away. McKell's, which I loved. I lived right Mm -hmm. by there when I was making a record with Sturk and Rogers (gasps) on 98th and Central Park West. And all I would do is take my drunk ass from (laughs) McKell's to the apartment (laughs) when I was participating in those activities. But... Hells, uh, yeah. you went and saw a bunch of shows there, right? Yeah, yeah. Who was the drummer that blew you out of the water that you saw? There? Zach Danziger. Mm-hmm. And who was he playing with? He was playing with Michelle Camilo. Mm-hmm. And that was, uh, I mean, I, I was a senior in high school. I was mm-hmm. 16 years old, and I'm pretty sure we're about the same age. So for me, it was like... Who's this kid? Ooh, who's better than me? How did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah, it wasn't... It wasn't. It wasn't like great for like someone who's young. It was like fully formed. I'm sure he. I'm sure he would say, "Oh, that was. I was. Mm. I, I'm so much better now." But at the time, it wasn't just a talented kid. It was like someone who was truly dealing in that world, and I, that was like, "Wow!" So coming from where I was coming from, yeah, you know, I didn't never. I'd never seen anything like that. So did that yeah. inspire you or scare the hell out of you? Uh, both, yeah, but definitely inspired me. Yeah, it was like, oh my god, I have to like get to work big time because I didn't, I wasn't a practicer when I was younger. Like, no I, kidding. Not until I was in high school. Not until around that time, and I was okay. like, whoa, like <laughs> certain things. I I always felt like certain things came, you know, not not totally easy, but it made sense. Playing drums made sense to me. Mm. And then you're a natural. But, That's but why. then when you start to see people doing things that are like above and beyond it's like oh my god okay yeah I have work to do was that like the moment you decided that this this is what I'm doing or did you always know that um yeah we've talked about this before I I get it could be I I never made a conscious decision to say I was going to make a living really at anything so I it was just destined I think I mean I it was just something I was going to always do I never thought about anything else so right I never actually made the decision to do it either so it just happened yeah you were just gigging yeah I was getting young same kind of thing with you? Or did you have to make a conscious effort? This is what I'm going to do. No, it was never that. I was okay. too afraid to declare it. Re- really? Yeah. Yeah, because it wasn't the thing to do. And my parents weren't saying, no, don't be a musician. Don't yeah. Remember, I came from a music appreciation family. Right. They, you know, I found out years later, my, my mother expected me to do something different. You know, but she was nice enough not to tell me while I was going through it. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, yeah. So, um, 
I, I was too afraid to say I'm going to be a musician. But everything were you afraid I was that doing you were was saying I was going to be one. Did huh? you think you were going to disappoint them, or or what? I thought, you know, and it's a cultural thing because at the time, um, you're supposed to, in in our community, we were supposed to move the needle by doing other things other than entertaining. We'd already really? established that we could do that. Okay. So now being a part of the movement was to do other things, doctors, lawyers, you know, that kind of thing. So I felt like I fell far short of, hmm. uh, of what I should have been doing, having been on track to do other things. Right. Uh, but somewhere early on, I said, I don't want to do that. But it was a passive aggressive thing. Got I just said. I'm just gonna go over here yeah, I, my my parents were that my parents were super supportive, but you know my father was a, was a city firefighter. He was oh, a civil yeah. servant. It's like you should know how much money you're gonna make like, mm-hmm. <laughs> every week. And their their thing was, can't you go to school for music ed? Yeah. <laughs> and did you? And I did. And yeah, I and I did. specifically did literally telling myself I will never do that. Mm. But I'm gonna mm. I'm gonna sort of acquiesce to their. They never they never said you gotta do it. They never said that. Right. If I wanted to go to Berkeley, I could have done it if I yeah. pushed the issue. But but I just decided. I already live in New York. I've lived an hour from Manhattan my whole life, and I still do. So I'm like, I, I can. This is a good place to be. I'll, let me get this ed degree over with. Right. And it and it, and it and it set up a scenario where as soon as I finished school, I was only home for one more year. But that year was amazing. Because my life was made so easily. Oh, I, yeah. Because I kind of did them a favor. You know what I'm saying? And I got yeah. that ed degree. And I never used it. <laughs> but isn't it funny? I think this is important to talk about. The family dynamics of declaring mm-hmm. music Big. as your profession. Yeah. Look, I'm a dad. I've got a kid in L.A. who wants to do music as a profession. Yeah. And, I, you know, I have to check myself. Yeah. I have to check myself because my mom, my mom was a professional musician and she never gave me one ounce of grief about doing what I'm doing. She knew I was going to do that. Mm. My principal in high school knew that. Mm -hmm. Tables are turned. I look at my kid and I'm like, ooh. Oh, boy. Yeah, I don't see how brave your mom was. Oh. Yeah. But to, to, (laughs) to worry, I guess, as normal as a parent and mm-hmm. that's probably all they were doing but we didn't understand that when we were growing up and right. and we didn't want to um disappoint our mm-hmm. folks but but what we did do is persevere through that and go this is what i'm going to do yeah and then how much work was it to actually <laughs> this is the great question <laughs> how much work is it to be a professional musician uh I'll start with you first, Porter, and then I'm going to come back over to you. Because how much work is it to be a successful musician? Ignorance is bliss. Don't ask the question. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's true, if though. If I knew, I wouldn't have done it. If I yeah. knew what I was going to run into, right. I probably wouldn't have, wouldn't have done it. However, I, I painted myself into a corner to where it had to work. Is that right? All how, at the same time. How did you paint yourself into a corner? Because I decided not to go to college. Uh-huh. That was the only time I ever saw my mother cry for about that long. Okay. Like like one of those little mm-hmm. kind of tears, you know, without getting all melodramatic. Right. And my mother was not like that. She right. wasn't, but she just said, Oh, you're not gonna go. Ooh. Ouch. Yes. Yeah, it was one of those. Right. And at that point, she said, you know, well, why not you? And that was like the world opened up. Because that was encouragement. 
That was the yeah. only encouragement I needed. She said, well, why not you? And I was like, well, she saw the rehearsals. We were rehearsing in our, like, like your family, like your family. Yeah. All the rehearsals were at my mother's house. Atlantic Star was put together in my mother's house, mm. you know. And we would go, everybody came. Out, we had one guy that right, came out of Yale, another guy at Northwestern. Yeah, I mean, guys that were really studying big time, you know, other things right. that decided to buy into my idea. So it was like, no, this has to work. <laughs> you were just you know, sheer it, it, it determination. It has to work. And we're coming out of Greenberg, New York. Although we were only 22 miles out of Manhattan. Right, but that's... Okay, and so it was It was nothing for us to get sure, in and yeah. out of the city. It was like, okay, we have to make this work. You know, and then we, you know, I live right down the street from Cab Calloway. And Roy Campanella and Sidney Poitier and Moms Mabley and all these, Gordon Parks, all these people, you know, it was like, we've got to make this work. Right. There's just no, there's no excuse for this not to work. You have to figure out a, a way to make this happen. And, uh... And you did. Yeah. And you still are. Grace Here we God. are, however many years later <laughs> yeah. doing that. Yeah, it was. Still making it work. And it's still working. And you and you still have to work it. For sure. There's no just For sure. grooving all the no. time. There's always. It's still a grind. Yeah. It's still a grind. It, how about you? What you <laughs> I know um, how much work you put into everything you do. But you show up so incredibly enthusiastic and just it looks like you like what you're doing is what I'm trying to say oh, I love I love it <laughs> and I wouldn't somebody, change anything but somebody, somebody who look, I'm sorry to cut you off but you look like you don't that doesn't, that's not a sign of happiness right is that a sign of happiness but you know it's I full like commitment it. I like it you like it I you like still it. like it I still do more did you always like it I always did and and I like it more now because it's it's uh because I know how lucky I am. Yeah. Because I know too many people that can do, you know, what I do, and they're not, they don't have the same opportunities that I have. So What do you think that is? Um, do they get in their own way? Sometimes yeah. I think that. And so, yeah, I mean, when it's not about talent sometimes. It's about how you navigate, I guess, I don't know, life. Mm. Like how you, yeah, I mean, there's, I guess there's, certain decisions people make at certain times and it changes their, it can change your whole fate <laughs> your whole yeah future. well you do something that a lot of guys would not do at your level and okay you play all of these things you know with, with, you know God knows who but then every Tuesday night you go to Cafe Wa and play that hit is that right? For like $3.70. <laughs> you show up. He shows up. You oh. show up. And wouldn't yeah, but have it any I love way. playing with that band, though. That's, that's yeah, it. you love it. You know? And, and I get it. I it's get right. it. For the money. But a lot of guys would not do that. Right. And then when you were asking about essentially positioning yourself to, to stay in the grind. That's I think true. that's a huge thing that you do that most guys wouldn't do because they say, oh, I'm, you know, this, you know. Oh, I, I try to operate like this gig, like our gig doesn't even exist. Yeah. That's when we're not mm-hmm. yeah yeah because yeah. to me it, it, it's, there's so many reasons why it could just come to an end yeah so if I'm, if I'm beyond of, your control yeah, absolutely yeah totally yeah yeah so COVID, I don't want to be out whatever. of everybody's mind I want everybody to know that like I'm I'm still here yeah. I read an article about you that you said that you've been doing that forever though your advice to people were to get out of the house practice but get out of the house meet people network show up yeah show your face 
make yourself belong in the crowd that you want to surround yourself with, right? Definitely, definitely. Because a lot of times, I know I've been, I was in a situation once where I can remember, I used to go see the the Gil Evans band that played on Monday nights, right? And Hiram used to play guitar with oh, me sometimes. You know that I've Kenwood done Denard. <laughs> yes. and, and Charlie and uh, Kenwood. See, I don't know Kenwood, but I sure know his playing. But that band was insane to me, and and I was I was in my first semester of college, so I was 17, 18 years old, mm-hmm. and I used to watch these guys play every Monday. And I remember a few years in to go and to check it out. I I. I wound up on a just a playing session, like somewhere I think we was I was in Brooklyn, and one of the sax players at this session, just just to jam, to yeah. play someone's music. Yeah. He to me, I was like, oh my god, like that guy just walked in, you know. But on his end, he saw me and he said, oh yeah, I, I he's like I see you around all the time, and I could tell that there was a part of him. Yeah. This is how I read it anyway. He was he was looking for a reason to see why he was gonna like me. <laughs> No, before makes, before he heard me, so it wasn't like I wonder if this guy can play. Yeah, what is he going to show me? Because you were there supporting him. I guess so. So he wanted to so. do the same for you. So it made a, it made it made our first impression musically actually easier for me. You know what mm. I'm saying? Like it, it took, paid took off. Up the pressure, the pressure yeah. was off. Yeah, it mm. became about the hang then. Yeah, because yeah. you showed up for the hang. Yeah, well, we talked. We've talked about the hang. Right. And yeah. Some places it's like, yeah, everybody, if, if you get into something, okay, especially at, at the level that we've all been fortunate enough to play on, everybody can play. Yeah. That's you a know, given. Nine times out of 10, everybody yeah. can play. But it's can you get along with everybody around you Ooh. is the thing. Oh, yeah. We had a long <laughs> conversation about that. I don't know if you really want to talk about that, but there have been good ones and there have been bad ones. Right? And we're lucky with this. We're it's crazy. Re- this is off the charts. We all hang out yeah. every day. I asked Shane about that, that yesterday. That we we hang out with everybody, even like we hang the the crew and the band. Yeah, like everybody across everybody the board. Everybody hangs, dude. That that is unheard of. Yeah. First of all, yeah. Usually there's pockets. Mm-hmm. Usually there'd be two subs yeah. going. Coffee mm-hmm. ready? Let's go. Never. No, but it's, it's like, like it's wide open. It's the text chain. The text and is giant. <laughs> oh, it's giant. That is, yeah. you guys are lucky, and you know it. Though, right, yeah, so. well, yeah. We, we we talked about that. I remember we talked about that last time. Oh we yeah, together. You know. Yeah, there have been interesting things when when it beyond again beyond your control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when the hang isn't good. Right. Then it's like, I'm all alone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm alone here. <laughs> I'm all alone, and I shall go home soon. Yeah, it's an Arkansas. And I did. <laughs> Yeah. We've all been there, man. Yeah, we, we've all been there, you know. Um, and see, you guys, well, well, Brian, you've done it as a New York working musician. His experience in, in the same town is totally different than mine. Mine was a self-con- self-contained band. Yeah. That was, you know, we we're going under the artist thing. Right, right. So the hang was different. I, I know, I remember Mikel's the whole night. I used to stay away from all those, all those places because I didn't want to sound like anybody. Ah. I want to ensure that our Atlantic Star thing didn't sound like anybody because especially at that time, the whole disco thing was happening. Mm-hmm. And we were submitting things that were, you know, in our in our way of doing things. And they were like, no, doesn't sound like disco to me. Yeah. So we were like, okay, we got to get the hell out of Dodge. Right. You know, but it was intentional. Right. It was, you know, it's like we, we put ourselves, yet again, like I did personally yeah. and then as artists, Put yourself in a position where you got to make your thing work. Now, how are you going to position that has always been the challenge. Whereas what, what Brian is talking about 
is like, okay, I got to position myself so that somebody can come along and see that I'm, I'm cool as a person and I can play like crazy mm-hmm. by myself. I can do this. Yeah, I call him a gunslinger. You know, right? <laughs> He's a gunslinger. You know, yeah, right. <laughs> I've seen him. I've seen him. This is not smoke. I know it's smoke and everything is smoke. Today. But I've seen him write charts on, on a napkin and then go play the gig. Right. I've seen that. Yeah, I couldn't do that. <laughs> I was like, okay, I get my band. You know, right. we come, yeah. and, you right. know, and 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 try to work it out for you. You know, so it's a different. There's a comfort level in that, yeah. though. Yeah. Both, both equally uh, as relevant. Same. But, yeah, it's the same. But different approaches. Same. Yeah. Interesting. Same place. So I know that you guys had very different careers before you got to Hollow Notes, and we should get to Hollow Notes at some point in the near future because otherwise we'll talk for hours. <laughs> Chuck Loeb. Ooh. Oh man! Wow. Give it to me. Let me. What does that uh, mean when I say his name? Uh, We're gonna take a little break from the interview right now because I want to tell you about a couple of really cool things. First of all, we're having so much fun with our weekly one-minute funk jams called Funk Friday. We've had so many world-class musicians on Funk Friday, including members of the Steve Miller Band, Fleetwood Mac, Daryl Hall and John Oates, Earth, Wind & Fire, just to name a few. You can check that out on all of our social media, but you can also see it on our YouTube channel. I also want to take this opportunity to thank all of our members who have supported us on Patreon. Don't know what Patreon is? Go to www.patreon.com forward slash music on the run podcast. And there you'll get all sorts of information on how you can financially help us produce this podcast. There are all kinds of incentives listed there on the website. And there are many different levels on how you can become involved. We could not put on this podcast without our patrons. All right, let's get back to the interview. Chuck Loeb. Ooh. Oh, man. Wow. Give it to me. Let me. What does that uh, mean when I say his name? Um, I don't, I'm speechless. Mm. Yeah, any, anything, everything. Uh, I'm, ch- I'm literally choking up. <laughs> it's all right. Have some water. Yeah, like. Bad Pinot Grigio? <laughs> in a can? In a can? Can wine? Would that help? In a can? In a can? That's, in a can. By the way, that's beautiful. I know that's, I hit a nerve with you because there's always somebody in your life that's your oh, champion. Yeah. He's your champion, wasn't he? Yeah, He's the he one was... who, who, did, who put you over the edge. Yeah. Mm. Well, we'll come back to this. I'm going to let you. I'm going to let you. I'm going to let you chill out a bit. Um, I'm going to come over to you and give him a break. <laughs> um, okay. I went to your website, of course, doing my research, and there's one record I'm really curious about. The Jane Fonda workout record. Hey! Hey! (laughs) Wow, you went in deep. I would like to know exactly what went on on that record. What did you contribute? Okay. I never got to meet her. That's first. Oh, man. Sorry to hear that. Through a mutual friend of ours, for sure. Maybe of yours, because he knows everybody. Jason Miles. Yes. Yeah. That's how it happened. Jason Miles calls you for the session. Calls me and said, I'm doing this stuff for, for Jane Fonda. Spandex. I don't even know But, I, you know, was I, I forgot what. Jason used to be like a, he was like a equipment broker at the time. He could get all, all the oh, gear. Oh, sure. Right? And that machines were just coming at the time. Oh, yeah. I wanted one, you know, the whole bit. And I was like, you know what, Jay? 
give me some gear, you know, and I'll do it. Almost lost my publishing deal as a result of it. Why is that? Because it was separate and apart from the publishing deal. In, in your they opinion, could, anyway. They, they could, no, they could not profit from it. It was a buyout. Oh. It was a buyout. And I got called on the carpet at CBS because I was writing for them at the time. I was a staff writer for them. For, for those of you who don't know what a buyout is, a buyout is basically, I'm going to give you $100. It's a work for hire. You, you will never make another dime off this. Yep. That's not usually how we roll, or we try not to roll. Mm-hmm. He's saying that, that that wasn't in the case. That wasn't the case, because what I was doing at the time, I had come out of Atlantic Star, and now I want to be a songwriter. So I wanted to stack credits. You know, I, I needed to build my resume. So as many big names as I can get on my resume as possible, because word would get out among other uh, other publishers, other writers, whomever. I just wanted to, like you did, at, like you did at WA. I was trying to do as 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 a writer. I said, "Well, wow! If I can, I I stacked up a couple of credits." Mm-hmm. But Jane Fonda was huge at that time. Right. I said to get her on my resume. Who knows what could happen? In exchange for all the gear I wanted mm. via my friend Jason, Jason Miles. Miles, everything worked great. Except for one day when the thing came out, I got called on the carpet. Oh, no. CBS said, oh, really? And we're not partaking in this? Oh. I I got away from suspension by that much. They said, don't ever do that again. (laughs) Ever. (laughs) You went went rogue, man. I was, excuse me, shitting bricks. Bleep it all you want. I was shitting (laughs) bricks. Yeah, we ain't bleeping any of it. Okay. Yeah, I was shitting fucking bricks. Because <laughs> I needed this shit. Here we go. Now we're starting to, starting to roll. I was like, oh shit, I fucked up. I didn't realize what kind of mistake I had made from a publishing standpoint. Although now I say, yeah, obviously. I'm moving back to you. Okay. I'm ready to talk about Chuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me about him. He man. was awesome, man. He, he, uh, he, he, I guess like in that time when I was, how old was I? 20, I was like 21 years old. Yeah. And he kind of carried weight in the New York scene to me and the circles that I yeah. was trying to get into and and uh, yeah he took a chance with me and then he would always even for the years I was in his band I would I would you know obviously I'd, I would gig with him and I, any records he did mm. I would play on them and, and and he started to produce lots of other artists in that genre of music that he, yeah that he yeah, was yeah. in at that point and he would always make it so that the guys in his band got to play on all the shit that he produced, no matter who the artist was. He wow. would always pull for us. Right. If we went to a festival and there had to be one rhythm section because there were 17 artists, yeah. he, would come, he would pull us. Or he would do his best to get us to be the ones that did it. So wow. it's just the way he operated. Yeah. Would do and the then, whole thing. Yeah. Right. And then, oh, when okay. we would, and then even when I left his band, I left his band in a way he was like, yeah, man, go do your thing. And then he would still call me to do records. To the very end. Mm. And he is the reason why I got, I started doing tracks in my house. He told me like 18 years ago, he's like, man, you got to get a, get a setup in your place. People are sick of programming drums. Yeah. If you can play drums, you'll get work. You should just do it. Just bite the bullet and do it. Right. And, and he was the reason. Wow. And that's how we do Funk Fridays, by the way. Just, I send him tracks. He plays. He sends them back to me. That's what we're talking about. We just trade files back and forth. Yeah. Yep. I wish all the files I got sounded like yours, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I tried to get them close. Oh, please. Know. They sound like records, man. I, Come on, I, get I, Jeez, I love yeah. these guys. I'm never leaving this interview oh, ever. Oh, man. It's like I, 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 I turn these things on. It's like, oh, give me a break. 
Really? Another great one? <laughs> well, they're not all great. There's been 77. I, there's been a, some fun ones and really good ones that I'm really proud of in there. And there's been some next. As, but at least you're only a minute long. As my dear mother would say, yeah. that's your opinion. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. They are, they are outstanding. I think it's an they're amazing they're idea, outstanding, man. man. I think it's a you great know, idea. And I've said this before on this podcast. You know what Funk Friday did? First of all, it was the idea of my last intern. Uh, and he said, why don't you do something for social media to bring people over to Music on the Run podcast? Mm. And he's the one who thought that up. So I'm like, oh, great. I need something else on my plate. But I did it. And what turned into it, and this is right before the pandemic hit, it turned into a way for us to keep in touch. To, to mm. It was a networking thing that I wasn't... That's great. That was a byproduct. I wasn't planning on that. Mm-hmm. I was just going... Who would be fun to get? They're all home. Everybody's home. I don't care if they don't know who I am. I'll just say, I'm Ricky's little brother. (laughs) And that works a lot, by the way. (laughs) Thank you, big bro. That works great. (laughs) Hey, Ricky's little brother. (laughs) Will you play on this, Waddy Wachtel? And he's like, okay, sure. So, I mean, so. I did that one, by the way. You did the Waddy one. Yes, that was epic. (laughs) That was an epic one. But it just, I felt closer to. Everybody, and it was it was a great way to keep your chop sharp, keep create creativity up, and to hang. Even if it was virtually, it was still mm-hmm. came with communication back and forth. Uh, a nice feeling at the end that we put some nice light into the world. Text between each other. Text is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah awesome. absolutely. Yeah. So, well, there's only a couple other things I want to talk about. <laughs> this little tiny band you're in called All and I would say. <laughs> It's a nice band, a very nice band, a nice dance band. How, <laughs> how long have you been in the, the band? Uh, almost 12 years. And you? I'm starting my 10th. Wow. How did you get the call for this gig? It, um, I'll make it as quick as I can. It's a little little complicated. From, I, um, many years ago, I was playing with the Average White Band, and um, <laughs> T-Bone, T-Bone Walk was, yeah. we were opening for Hall & Oates. And I remember that night, T-Bone sat behind us the, the whole set, watched mm. the whole set. And and I hung with him that night. That's where I kind of became friends. And he kind of found out who, who you know, we found out. I always knew who he was. Yeah. But he kind of found out who that who I was, kind of, I guess. And he, I know he liked what he heard. Yeah. And that started our relationship. But I never really did any playing with him. But every once in a while, he would call me for something here and there. And it never happened. Then uh, Live from Daryl's House happened. The show started happening, the TV show. And the one um, where you get to eat all the food. Yes. Yeah, he eats all of it. He too. eats all of it. You don't <laughs> say shit on that show. Uh, you yeah, just eat. I just eat. Nothing <laughs> left. Nothing much left. to the, much to the chagrin of my wife. <laughs> She's like, why don't you talk? But everybody you else is talking. Just eat. And that, you know who pointed that out to me was Pesco. He said, he and I just ate everything. <laughs> so, so. I, T-Bone called me one day yeah. to sub for Sean Pelton, who was the drummer. Yeah. Um, and the, the, the Hall & Oates band did that show, but just, only the drummer was not a part of it because he lived in, I think, Portland. Okay. So, and at that point, they were doing a show every month. So it didn't make sense to fly the guy in, and it was Daryl's thing, and so they had Sean come in, and that was one of T-Bone's guys, Sean yeah. Pelton. So, yeah. And then 
Anyway, he called me to sub for Sean. He's like, "Hey, we do this little show. Would you would you be interested in coming and subbing once?" And I was like, "Yes." And I yeah. went in, I subbed, yeah. and it went well. And so then I became the sub f- just for the television show. That's it. Mm. And then shortly after thereafter, the the drummer for Hall and Oates had to have a back surgery, and I was fresh in Daryl's mind. Yeah. And I, when he went to talk to John and Daryl, I think about who, who are we going to get, or who am I going to get? I have a surgery. To, I'm going to have a back surgery. I think before he even told them that he had already called me, Daryl said, oh, uh, well, maybe you should call that guy Brian. <laughs> I don't even think he knew my last name. <laughs> <Yeah. at that laughs> <laughs> and he's like, you know what? I already did, and he can do it. And it was like, great. So then Timon I said that? No, no, Daryl. Oh, Daryl. Oh, wow. No, because yeah. Mike... Mike is the one when Mike called me first before he before he was telling them that he was gonna he was thinking about what am I gonna do about about my my back mm-hmm. and he was just gonna miss a run it was just yeah. one thing and in the process of doing so he he sounded me on it first and then he was gonna use whoever they wanted but just in <laughs> case he had me in, the, in in his back pocket yeah and it turns out when he brought up the fact that hey I might I might have to miss a little run Daryl actually brought me up so then it made it made it even easier. Sure. So I became and then after doing one little week long run or, run or something, it went well. And and that and, and I became the sub for the band. Sure. And then over time, it just turned into getting both gigs. Dang. Yeah. 12 years in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That nobody plays with someone for 12 years. That's a <laughs> that's a nice tenure. Really, it is. Yeah. That really is. I seem to stick around a, a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Average white band was like six years. Was it? Yeah. Chuck was like 11 years. But they, everything overlaps. Over, everything kind of overlapped each other. Wow. But, okay. Okay, we let's to, hear it. You know, here's some more smoke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Um, that, that wasn't, that's really inappropriate to do that anymore. <laughs> you know, so let's put ourselves back 20 years. Right? So... <laughs> You know, having played a little bit of drums myself, yeah. And I got here, and I said, "It's been 12 years." And I think, and you, you would know this. I've heard him click his sticks. Oh yeah, right. Clean player, clean, 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 clean. <laughs> and funky. Yeah. And I'm looking for it too. I'm looking I bet for you it are. every night. I'm like, what's it like <laughs> to play with this guy every I don't night? Like him? You don't like him at all. Nope. You just shot him three I times. Hate, I hate yeah. Three times. Going for four. Got, I saw the fourth time. I, I hate him. I yeah. hate him because it's like that's he's the reason. I've said this many times. He him and people of his ilk yeah. drove me away from being a drummer. Is that right? Yes. Because I saw drums evolve. Yeah. You know, because like you said, I was I was in the last of the no ghost grease no drummers, you know. Just pocket. Yeah. I was a pocket drummer. Yeah. And I saw it, it was really turning into something else because Gad, what Gad was doing, what the gospel drummers were doing, mm. it was it was a new level of commitment that had to be made by drummers if you were gonna hang. I was good friends with Jonathan Moffitt. Yeah. You know, I saw what was going on. I said, okay, I felt confident enough to say I could do this, but I have I would have to really commit in a way that I really can't afford to commit because now I have a family. Right. And I don't want to go back into the woodshed. And I really need to learn how to write. Yeah. Because all my friends were getting rich. Yes. <laughs> That's writing. the ticket. You know? So made that. But he, people of his ilk made it easy to make the transition. It's like, okay, put this aside because right. we are real drummers now. <laughs> and, and, and We so are like, drum owners. Owners. We yeah, are I drum don't owners. Even have, no, I donated my drums to no, a church didn't. because somebody had to pray for me. <laughs> 
That's it. That's when my drums are gone. All my wow. gear is gone. Gone. Dang. Yeah. No wonder you can't do a funk That's Friday. That's why I don't do it. Yeah. I know. <laughs> if you came at my house, you would not know that somebody plays music is in there, except for a big painting that my niece did of James Brown. No kidding. That's it. How'd you get in the Daryl Hall and John Owens band? A Facebook message. No, you did not. Absolutely. No, you didn't. Absolutely. This is really good. People you may know, right? You know that thing you see on Facebook? Yeah. I was out of work, you know, without going into all that. I, yeah. I was, I was in a down period. Yeah. And uh, I heard from, you know, some people. I said, well, you know, you need to network, all of that stuff. I said, well, I don't know. I can't network because I really don't want to spend any money. You know, I got to, you know. So, but, I, but kicking and screaming, I went on Facebook. And within weeks, I saw this thing called People You May Know. And I said, let me click on it. So I clicked on it. It happened to be somebody that I was on staff with at CBS while I was a songwriter there. And we got together and we we had lunch. And he said, yeah, I'm doing this thing. And now it's turned into a TV show. And I'm like, wow, this is cool, man. It's really nice. Well, six months later, I'm like, am I ever going to get a job? You know, doing something? Yeah. You know? Well, that person that I may knew was Elliot Lewis. And he, he wrote me one morning after I really said, you know, I don't know if I'm ever going to get a job again. I got, a, I got, a, I got a, a Facebook message that said, any interest in H&O, LFDH, long shot, percussion? It was like, I'm looking at the phone like this. It was like acronyms that yeah, yeah. I didn't know any, I, I wasn't putting it together. <laughs> yeah. And then finally I said, wait, that's Elliot. He's asking me if I'm interested in being a percussionist in all the notes. I'm not a percussionist. Yeah. You had to learn real quick. Real quick. I was like, trial by fire. And I, yeah. Trial by fire. Yeah. I know about that one. Trial by fire. I knew from when we used to write together, he used to get up about 10, 11. And it was like 7 in the morning. I said, oh, I'll wait two weeks up. I was like, shit. Let me call him back. <laughs> it's like yeah. 7 15. I said, yes, I'm interested. What's going on? But you have to let Daryl know that I am not a percussionist. So I got a call back about 15, 20 minutes later saying, yeah, he knows your background. He, he knows you can make the transition. Why don't you come on up to the house? Come on. So it went from zero to 50. Zero, no, zero to 100. So I'm like, I don't play percussion. All these songs came in that I didn't know anything about, but I yeah. I studied these songs like I was studying for the SATs. And I, it's like, two days, I'm going to go up to interview with Daryl Hall. That's what I got. Wow. So two days, like from my house to Daryl's place, I, you know, we all live in New York, but Daryl lives like an hour and a half from me. Right. So it was like, I felt like I was going to Canada. <laughs> so I get up there and I walk in, there's cameras like, like this all over the place. I'm like, and I get it. I just met you like a year ago, maybe yeah. if that. And I saw Clyde Jones. I said, yeah. I saw him a couple of years before when he was um, uh, fronting Average White Band. I remember right. seeing him. He looked like he was 10 feet tall. Right. His glasses looked like he didn't talk. And then it was like, Elliot, I, said, I know everybody, in the, a lot of people in his band. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and then they, they all pointed. They said, yeah, there's stuff over there. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And it was all the percussion gear. Oh, so you were like, exactly. I was ting, 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 ting. I touched the piece of It was like, I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to do now? And they all cleared out. I don't know whether it was by design or what, but the room was empty. And I'm in here tinkering. I hadn't touched a piece of percussion since I was in high school. I'm 107 years old. 
Right. So you know how long that was. I'm like, what is this thing? Bop, bop. I'm doing that. And I remember Pete Moshe walked through and he said, sound like the Latin quarters in here to me. Uh oh. Uh oh. All right. So I said, well, I'm kind of remembering something. Yeah. But then Daryl walks, everybody comes back in the room. Daryl comes down and he walks right by me. I'm like, oh, it's going to be like that. Okay. The glasses, the jacket, yeah. the whole thing. He's full right Daryl mode. I'm like, okay. I'm, 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 okay. I'm in it. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know whether he's going to talk to me or not. But then he goes across the room. Can't be any more than, I don't know, what was it? That wasn't a big room. 10 or 15 feet away. And he says, okay, let's play those tunes. And it was those tunes that came in that I studied, like the SATs for. Mm. I never, they were not all in old songs. Okay. It, it was for a live from Daryl's house? Live from Daryl's yeah, house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you guys hit, it was like flipping a switch. It went pow. It was so loud and so right. My glasses were like <laughs> this. I was like, oh, man. what? I just started hitting stuff, you know. And I was like, ooh, ah, whatever. I mean, it was like this thing all the yeah. way. And we played for about 20 minutes. And I'm just trying to hang on. And your chops. Like, what chops? My chops. It was nothing. Yeah. You know, and then Daryl walks up to me like stone face. You all right with this? So I'm from this place called Greenberg, New York. Yeah. That has a little Oakland vibe to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I said, yeah, I'm all right with it. You all right with it? Is that what you said? Yeah. And that was it? Welcome to the band, man. Get ready. <laughs> you know, we're getting ready to take, you know, we're going to do, and then in comes the talking heads. I'm not talking yeah. heads. Uh, uh, dirty heads. Not talking oh, okay. Heads. Dirty heads came in. Uh, a SoCal uh, reggae group. Right. That, that's who these songs were for. And I just kind of hung on for dear life, you know. And I have an eating disorder. So then when they said, get ready for the eating part, oh. that was a whole thing unto itself, too. So... Yeah, I'm not anorexic, obviously, but I, um, you know, had some stuff with that, too. So I'm like, this is totally... And he realized he could just give it to me. And that was it. I would just move the food over to him and he'd eat a piece of bread to make it look good on him. There you go, yeah. So, yeah. so that, was, that was, okay, I'm sorry to make a long story really long, you know, but that was it. It was... And that was it, and the rest is history. Whoa. Yeah, and, and so Daryl said, okay, man, welcome. And then the next day, uh, I remember Wilson said, hey, I'm going to call you in two days. And he called at the perfect time, just ex exactly the way he said he was going to do it. Johnny. And he ran down all, all like, like the rules of the band. And he said, now, what did I say? Well, I was ready. My yeah. memory was good that day. My ginkgo, whatever that shit yeah. was, was working. I said, okay, you said this. He said, okay, now take this, take this uh, email address and just say thank you. I took it. I didn't recognize anything. Boom, boom. I said, thank you. Five minutes later, welcome to the band, John Oates. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's the way the whole... I didn't go through any of that. Man, I, I didn't get any welcome to the band. I just showed up at a gig at Virginia Beach with not even a sound check. No, and play. And just did the gig. Oh, my God. As a sub. Oh, my God. And Pesco. Trial by fire. I said to Pesco, he gave me a list of songs. It was like, you know, maybe... 25 songs, 24 songs. And I was like, I, it's, you know, there's a lot of tunes, obviously, right? Yeah. And they could have given me a lot more, but they gave me that many. And when it came down to the wire, I, I remember asking Paul, like, Paul, um, I know we're not going to play 25 songs. Could, could, could we whittle it down to like 20 songs even? Yeah. I could spend more time on that. You know, yeah. We're still not even going to play that many. And, and, you know, and I'm sure he must have asked, and he was like, you know what? 
they, he just wants to be able to call when he wants to call. Just, that's the way it is. And I was like, okay. And that was it. Sometimes you just got to go, let's go. Yep. Please, God, yeah. intervene for me. But I remember, I remember getting behind that drum set, and there was a little, it was just the way it is now. There was a little drum machine, which yeah. we don't use. It's just to reference to count the song off. Yeah. But I, I didn't really even know yet who counts songs off. It was like right. completely. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> I mean, fortunately for me, Daryl counts off, most, still to this day, he counts off most of the stuff. But. Yeah, that was super, Ooh. super trial by how, fire. I don't know how you did that, man. <laughs> but what is really sick, though, and it, it gives us all an advantage, every song you know. Yeah. It's sick, right? Hits, 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 hits. hits, yeah. hits. Like, really? And it's the two yeah. guys, the they, Rock and Roll Hall of Flame guys. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. Backtrack. Fame. I know I there's, said been a lot of, there's been a lot of suspicion, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a riot to be a part of that. Okay, Ooh. because this is called Music on the Run, we're talking a little bit about how you survive on the road. You've been with them for 12, you're coming up on 10. What do you got? You guys hang as a group. Do you do something to keep your brain in shape, your body in shape? Tell me what you do. Um, Besides, play drums for three hours a night. I don't. You know what? I I should do a lot more when I'm on the road in terms of he doesn't do a thing. Phys- lady. Physical I'm activity. Just about to say that. <laughs> um, yeah, in terms of physical activity, it's I don't really exercise. I just you know, I occasional you. walk. But um, yeah, Davide, I hate him. Yeah, yeah, and he looks like that. Plays like that. Fortunately, now because there's social media, so actually, I try to spend some time that I don't have when I'm home to get some of that going. I'm not very good at it, but I'm starting to get better at it. Oh, you really? You are good at it. I see you on there. Yeah, I still don't know how to do everything. I still don't know how to make something longer than a minute. But that's all you need, though, right? Where it, it, where it has to come like you. a personal problem. Yeah. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> oh my god! Let me give him this big pill over here. Okay, all right, all right. No, sir. Yeah, the 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 uh, the other. But the thing is, like I noticed for the Funk Fridays, some of them are a little over a minute, they are. and then you're forced to have that to press that continuation oh, which button. Which sucks, but right? Is. And that's why I, that's the real. That's the other reason why mm-hmm. I'm not trying too hard to learn how to <laughs> extend it because mm-hmm. I don't want to get into you know if I have somebody there, I want to hold them there yeah. if I can without yeah. having to click that thing. Yeah. But I, you know, I, I kind of gave up on that. Well, you so, know. Your exercise is social media training. Yes. What is your exercise? <laughs> My exercise? Yeah, what do you do? Do you do anything? You see, I don't do anything. <laughs> and there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the most out of shape band. Hollow out. Pretty much. Everybody else gets out, though. Do they? Want to know something? Charlie yeah. Deshant, our sax player. Yeah, yeah. This dude, he's ridiculous. For, we, we're in the hotel. He's practicing. Like he's practicing now, virtually right? every day. Yeah, whether it's flute, sax, keyboard, guitar, right? Carries and all of it. You get to a new city that that morning, the next morning, yeah. that dude is up and out, yeah. going to a museum. He's experiencing the is city. That right? Oh yeah, at bar none, and every Charles, day. Charlie's no in his He's in his mid. By himself. By himself. Yep. He's gone. He's gone. Yep. Gone. Got and he'll it. come back and tell you about, oh, Rembrandt, blah, 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 everywhere. I did this, I did him, this. Man. It's like, yeah. wow. Mm-hmm. 
and then he's practicing in his room constant it's like wow that's yeah. awesome yeah it, it, it really is man and you he's know. still like into listening to new music mm-hmm. like he was so cool last time I was hanging with him he's like listen to my new record man. Like, mm-hmm. that's great he plays his butt off he's like a it's like um, the definition of an artist yeah you know what I mean I don't know if all the other stuff really he told me one time he said that really didn't interest him he was just interested in being a great artist yeah and he would never say he was great he would never do it we know he is but yeah he's so humble man you know it's, it's really it's inspiring to, to be around somebody like that because most people at that age you know yeah, ditch, you know, sitting down for a while. He's right. not thinking about it. You know, he's not even thinking about it. You know, Hall and Oates tour is, is coming to a close uh, for now. When you go back home, what are you what are you going to be doing? Uh, recording in the house. Okay. And Tuesday nights where? Cafe Wa. Okay. In the West Village. But right now we're not because of the pandemic. So they're, they're giving so us one Tuesday a month, I think, at this point. Okay. So and it's like it's. It's not the same Tuesday every month, so oh, it's not. at this it point, yeah. yeah. And you've got some fun stuff happening too. What? Well, one, one thing I want to say, you know, everybody was really great. They were playing their instruments, blah 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 blah. I got a chance to hang out with my wife. I know it's a slocky. No, that's but great. I got a chance to be with my wife for what? Really, two years because we really yeah. didn't do anything for two years. We had like three or four, maybe four or five things, and I got a chance to be home. Yeah. And just do that. As a matter of fact, I want to let everybody know I'm married. I don't have my ring on right now, and she gets mad at me when I don't wear <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, me but too. I can't play and wear it. So yeah. I am married. Yeah. Not that anybody would be so there pleased. There you go. So, um, yeah, that, that's what I did. I, man, we got to really just hang out in a way that we never have been able to before. How ever. long have you been married, by the way? Since 1979. How long is that? 42 years? You're my hero. I've been married 30. It'll be 31 uh, in October. Wow. Great. And the group just keeps, I don't know about you, oh, but man. I agree with you. And I did the same thing with my bride besides making Funk Fridays and all that. Mm-hmm. But the groove gets deeper and deeper the older we get. It's older. just like, yeah. oh, man, this just man. feels right. It's I'm 21 years in August, August, yeah. August 19th. And, I, and my son just turned 13. So wow. I was home with him with homeschooling, too, with Yo, the internet. Wow. I was I yeah. was home every day with him with that, yeah. too, which was incredible. Yeah. Well, you were lucky guys. We're really lucky. Yes. Guys. You know, um, I, you know, I'm, you know, we live in a little area that, you know, we can kind of take walks and stuff in. And it's like I, I realized that, that while this was at the height. Well, I, w- I would say like. Uh, like June, July of last year when when we were like, is this ever going to end kind of thing? It was, we were really concerned. And I, I got a chance to uh, um, say, well, I didn't make any mistakes as far as certain choices, starting with my wife, starting where we decided to live, uh, what I decided to do with my life, yeah, what she decided to do with hers. It was like we were checking off boxes. Mm. I was like, wow, man. Okay, sure. I wanted to do other things. I wanted to be as big as Earth, Wind, and Fire with Atlantic. So yeah. I'm not going to lie. Of course. And of course. there was things that happened. But wait a minute. What a way to, we were talking about just now. You aim for the, aim for the stars and you, you get the moon kind yeah. of thing. It was that kind of thing. Yeah. And it's like, now, am I okay to say the moon is okay? I like the moon. It's up to me to, <laughs> to determine whether the moon is okay. And it's like, yeah, I'm okay with that. But it doesn't mean that we, we, we're done. We Absolutely. got plenty of more music on top of to that. play. Yeah, I on like the moon, but I'm still going to keep mm-hmm. searching for other galaxies. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, I, I, that's the way I look at it. I, 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 I never, I can't give up. 
I'm too highly caffeinated. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? I'm still trying to figure out what you're made of, man. (laughs) You guys. Are are we we sitting with a Martian? (laughs) Are we okay here, Brian? I don't know. (laughs) But it's all being captured on film, so if I spontaneously... (laughs) Yeah, man. No, Matt, thank you guys so much for taking the oh, hour and a half to do this with me. me. You know how I feel about you, uh, and I, I, it's always so great to have you guys come through town, and it means yeah. a lot to me and, and everybody who listens to the podcast or watches the podcast. Uh, yeah. Thanks for taking the time out. Wow. Cool. Man. You guys are awesome. I love you, and so I can't good. wait to see you tomorrow <laughs> yeah, night. Yeah, absolutely. I'll wave All at good. you from wherever my seats are. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm not coming backstage. <laughs> but yeah, we can't do that this time. No. We'll see each other. We'll see each other somewhere. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Man, it's, Thanks, and I'm looking it's forward. An honor, man. I'm I'm yeah, looking man. forward to hearing your new projects that are coming up, and I want to hear what you're up to, and you're on my record. And uh, uh, I got a Clyde song on my record too, by the way. Hey, nice. Yeah. So that's yeah. pretty cool. Which one did you do? Oh. I couldn't do it without oh, you. Oh, you did that? Yeah, I did oh, that. That was yeah. my audition for Daryl, kind of, as producer. Really? I sent that in. I'm going to play that for you. We're going to let you go. Ooh. Thank you so much for joining <laughs> us. We'll see you in two weeks. We're out. Music on the Run was hosted by yours truly, St. Paul Peterson. Edited and produced by my buddy, Davide Razo. Artist Relations by Owen Sartori. Video editing by Tanner Montague. And a very special thanks to the people who financially support this podcast. And remember, private eyes, they're watching you. Yeah.